0: The amazing beauty of creation is brought to you by CompuKids. CompuKids is an online technology academy for kids. CompuKids offers courses like game development, coding, app development, graphic design and animation, all especially designed for kids. The CompuKids courses are all available as downloadable multimedia e-books. CompuKids will help you to prepare your child for the fourth industrial revolution by providing them with valuable technology skills. Support
1: the show by visiting www.compukids.me. That's .me.
0: Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm your host Bilal Katrada. And I'm your co-host Talha Katrada. Where are we going today Talha? What are we exploring?
1: Today we're going to continue our trip out of space.
0: And I think we're getting even further. Last time we spoke about the sun. And today we're going to the outer limits of the solar system, Andre.
1: So today we're going to talk about our galactic neighborhood. uh, Our solar system. And all the the other planets and asteroids and bodies that we find out there. That we share the space with. Super
0: interesting. I'm always intrigued by... Anything to do with space? Now Allah Taala says in the Quran, Allah Ladi Khalqa Sab'a Samawati wa min al-Ardi Mithla that Allah Taala created seven heavens and from the earth similar to that, meaning similar number of earths. يتنزل الأمر بينهن لتعلموا أن الله على كل شيء قدير. That Allah Taala sends down His command between them between the heavens and the earth he's constantly commanding them he's constantly instructing and guiding them why? لتعلموا. so that you know who the reciter of the Quran the person listening to the Quran so that you know that Allah has power over everything وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ أَحَاطَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عِلْمًا and that Allah Ta'ala has all-encompassing knowledge of everything now the implications of this ayah The implications is that all of these amazing, gigantic, unimaginably huge things that we see in space have been created by Allah Ta'ala. And not only that, he didn't just create them and leave them, but he's constantly in control of them. He's constantly controlling their movements, constantly controlling their orbits, and he decides how long they live and when they will die. And also, he has knowledge over everything. Now what kind of knowledge? When Allah Ta'ala talks about Allah Ta'ala has encompassing knowledge. Encompassing knowledge means knowledge of everything about those bodies. Everything you can imagine. Exactly where they are, what their orbits look like, what their composition is, where they're going to move to next, what is the temperature. It's... Everything, literally everything from a molecular to a gigantic level, Allah has knowledge about these objects, so moving on to our galactic neighborhood as you as you call it, all right it's called the solar system, right we're living in this what we call the solar system. What exactly is the solar system, and where does it get that name from?
1: The solar system uh, is put simply it's the sun. And everything that orbits the sun, either directly, like, like planets, or indirectly, like you get moons that orbit the planets. So which not, in turn orbit the sun. Which in turn orbit the sun. So it's still in the solar system. Now, solar actually means sun, like sol in, in Latin is sun. So the solar system means system of the sun.
0: Okay, so that's where the but name comes from.
1: It roughly translates over to, to that. So that's roughly about where it gets the name solar system from. Now in the solar system there are numerous objects that are all classified differently. So in today's episode we're not going to really go in depth into each of the, uh, the things we discussed but we're just going to give an overview of all the different types of, of bodies that we find out in the solar system that we share this, this place in space with.
0: But I'm sure there's very interesting bodies that uh, you know warrant an investiga- a, um, a further investigation and another
1: uh, entire episode just dedicated to them. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, it wouldn't do them, do them justice to just skim over them in this episode like we're about to.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So. so the center of the solar system is the sun, right? And then you've got all these bodies around the sun. And they held together how by the by the gravitational pull of the sun
1: by the gravity of the sun.
0: All right. So. Okay. Let's start with the planets. How many planets are there? I know this is a contested
1: um, topic. Okay. So there are currently eight planets in so our solar system. So you follow the mazhab that says eight, not nine. Yeah, and I'll explain why in in a in a, uh, towards the end of the, the planet segment. But so far, the only known planets in our solar system are. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and uh, Uranus and Neptune. Um, now, Pluto didn't make that list. Okay. And the reason for that is, in order for an object to be classified as a planet in outer space, there's three conditions or parameters that it needs to check off. Now, firstly, it must be orbiting the sun. Okay, so no asteroids coming from the outer, outer space can be classified as a planet. Uh, it has to orbit the sun. Secondly, it must be gravitationally rounded. Now, objects that, it's like they, they need to be, the gravity, the force of the gravity needs to have pulled them down to the shape of a ball or roughly rounded, not exactly spherical because if you look at the earth, the earth isn't a perfect sphere. It's slightly oval because it bulges out at the sides. So it needs to have a a roughly rounded shape. And the third parameter or the parameter it needs to check off is that it must have cleared out all other asteroids and debris from its orbit. So the the term that's used in the astronomical society is clear the neighborhood around its orbit. So there needs to be no other smaller asteroids or dust particles floating around in its orbit. All of those would have been either pulled in or pushed out into the solar system. I see. Now, all of these three criteria need to be checked in order for a planet to be called a planet. And Pluto doesn't check off that last one. So it is orbiting the sun. It is gravitationally rounded. But Pluto is in sort of another asteroid belt. So there's a lot of other asteroids and dust particles around it.
0: So there's a couple of asteroid belts, right?
1: There are a couple. Although there's one main one that we can observe, and then there's a few other ones that are a lot smaller, and then there's a few that we theorize exist. I see. But we we are not 100% sure yet. Now, these new criteria that that, uh, those three... Uh, parameters that a planet needs to check off before it can be called a planet, was actually only came about in 2006. Now, before these criteria were made, Pluto was classified as a planet. But then, after these new criteria came about, Pluto didn't check off the last one, and therefore it was reclassified as a uh, dwarf planet.
0: Okay, dwarf planets. Now we've we've got a new a new system of planets or a new type of planets called dwarf
1: planets tell us about those what's what what are those okay. and are they more dwarf planets the, uh, dwarf planets are, are really interesting firstly to be classified as a dwarf planet uh, you only check off it, it's for planets that only check off the first two criteria so they orbit in the sun and they are gravitationally rounded now objects in space that check off those two are called dwarf planets so that is why Pluto is classified as a dwarf planet, because it hasn't checked off that last criteria where it hasn't cleared out its neighborhood. Now, there are currently five confirmed dwarf planets in our solar system. So firstly, there's the most common one, Pluto. Then there is Ceres, Eris, Makemake, and Homia.
0: Well, isn't Ceres
1: uh, one of the moons of Saturn? uh maybe it shares a similar name but ceres is also a a dwarf planet um now those are just the five dwarf planets that we know about and that we are 100% sure exist but there could be up to 10,000 more dwarf planets in our solar system that we haven't absor- uh observed yet especially in, in the outer solar system past pluto so there could be hundreds or not hundreds tens of thousands more dwarf planets out there uh, that we just don't have the ability to see and observe even with our most powerful telescopes
0: which raises the question around telescopes and all of these planets when we talk about all of these dwarf planets and what we theorize you know, people generally ask, why can't we just see them? Why can't we just point our telescopes into the sky and find all the planets? It seems simple enough. I mean, we've got some powerful telescopes and we've got a telescope like the Hubble that's orbiting the Earth. Now, the challenge with that is, and that people don't realize, is the vastness of space. And because space is so huge and it's so vast, even a huge planet, leave a dwarf planet, even a huge planet is like looking for a speck of dust in the expanse of the sky so i mean take the sky at night and have a look at the at the sky at night and get yourself a 360 degree view of the sky so you're looking imagine you're standing on a on a top of a mountain that's absolutely clear on all sides and you 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 spin around 360 degrees and look at the horizon and then you look up Straight up, straight above you. Now, look at the expanse, that whole dome-shaped sky that you're looking at. How massive is that? Now, as you're looking up, you are looking at trillions and trillions of kilometers of space. And to find a planet there, because these planets are so far away, they're even smaller than a speck of dust. So where exactly do you point that telescope? No one really knows where these planets may be. The only way we come to know them, well, most commonly we come to know about them is by chance. You're gonna, you'll typically get an astronomer that's looking at a specific body in space that we know about and then suddenly they'll see something crossing that line or they'll see a distortion in the, in the light that's coming from that object. And then because of that distortion, they'll realize that something has passed in front. You know, it's like at night... When you're looking at at a light from a distance, like a car light, and then you see something cut across that light, now you couldn't see the object; it was just a shadow. But you knew something cut across that light, so that tells you that there was something that actually uh, that actually exists there that went past that that light, and you can almost make out the shape and size of that object. Now this is the way they the discover planets and other bodies in space it's usually just purely by chance and once they see the you know the distortion of the light and they see the signs of something that that exists out there that's when the investigations begin and they try to figure out exactly what crossed that light and what exists there and then there's some calculations that they do based on you know on the size of space uh, about how big that object is and how far away it is. But please do continue. So you say that there are 10,000 more possible dwarf planets. But besides those, what, what else are there? You mentioned comets,
1: asteroids. So the final uh, uh, type of, of objects we're going to talk about today is the rocks that we find out in space. Now, there are three types or three general types. You get comets, you get asteroids... And you get meteoroids. Now, those kind of all sound the same, right? Giant rocks in space. But actually, depending on their size and what material they are made out of, their definition will, will vary. Now, first let's take asteroids. Asteroids are probably the most common type of rock you find out in space. And they are the boulders in space that are made out of either rock or metal. Types of metal. Now, they can be as small as, let's just say, uh, a car, or as huge as a, a country or a city. So they can be extremely big, but not big enough to be called a planet. Now, uh, so those are what asteroids are. So generally, an asteroid is a object made out of either rock or metal, and that is bigger than a car. Let's just put it at that meteoroids are much much smaller rocks so meteoroids have the same composition they'll be either rock or or iron but they range in size from small little particles like little dust particles to objects about a meter long in diameter now meteoroids will have different uh, definitions depending on where they are When a meteoroid passes through the atmosphere, friction with the air particles will cause it to start burning up. Now, at that point, it is called a meteor. Now, as it passes through the atmosphere, as it starts burning up, it creates a very bright light. And that light is what we'll see as a shooting star.
0: Okay, so shooting stars are not stars, and they're not in space, they're in the Earth's atmosphere, right? And they just... Chunks of rock burning up in the atmosphere of the earth okay now that's very interesting because the fact that these meteors enter the atmosphere and burn up that is a defense mechanism that's the that's the way of the the, the earth protecting its inhabitants it's a it's a mesh that Allah Allah put, although we see it as just you know just the atmosphere and these rocks um, are entering and you know because of the friction, which is true that is there, but I see it if you look at it a little deeper. That is Allah Ta'ala's way of protecting the creatures that are living on earth. I mean, if these meteors manage to uh, crash to the surface of the earth constantly, then we would find that all over the world, there's these explosions taking place and people getting hurt and creatures, you know, dying and cities getting destroyed. But the earth has a defense mechanism. Yes, it's the atmosphere and it serves multiple purposes, like, for example, keeping the earth's gases like the oxygen all contained within the within the uh, the atmosphere but it also serves this other uh, purpose as a defense shield now tell me there's always this this fear and there's been a lot of science fiction about asteroids colliding with the earth and wiping out civilization, wiping out all life on Earth. And, you know, scientists tell us that there were incidents in the past where asteroids might have collided with the Earth and wiped out, for example, the dinosaurs. What's the chances of something like that happening?
1: Although it is, put it as, it is possible for something like that to happen, but it's extremely unlikely. It's a very, very rare occurrence, if it occurs at all. Which it did. The Earth it has numerous large uh, sort of holes in it that are caused by asteroids hitting it. So you, there's impact craters all around the world. In fact, one of the biggest impact craters is here in South Africa. Oh, wow. But it's it's an extremely old one, so it's very hard to even notice it. But it's, it's a very rare occurrence that a, an asteroid will strike Earth. Firstly, because okay, the moon takes a lot of, of the asteroid blows. Uh, that's why you see, if you look at the moon, it's it's covered in holes. It looks like a piece of Swiss cheese. Which 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 raises a
0: question: that is the moon playing a defensive role for the Earth? Does the moon actually protect the Earth from these asteroids? Because I can I can easily imagine asteroids coming towards the Earth, and before they, they come to the, close to the Earth, they're kind of pulled by the Moon's gravitational field and they, they slam against the Moon and, and protect the
1: Earth. And it's, it's not just the Moon that does that. It's actually theorized that the planet Jupiter also plays a role in protecting the Earth. Asteroids that are coming close to uh, Earth or passing a certain area of space, they are affected by Jupiter's gravity. And then they are, directed away or flung away from the Earth, so Jupiter plays sort of a big brother role for Earth, in wow. protecting it from these asteroids. As
0: I'm sure the other planets as well as the asteroid belts, you know, must be playing a similar role. You know, where they 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 protecting the Earth from impact from uh, debris coming from outer space, but also they could be dangerous waves dangerous uh, types of radiation that we don't even know about that would have you know, come to earth and caused us harm but are being pulled away by these planets and by the asteroid belts so this again shows that Allah Ta'ala hasn't created anything randomly there's nothing that exists that's arbitrary that Allah Ta'ala felt well you know just like a frame on the wall All right, let's just put this one over here Everything serves a purpose. We may not know the purpose, but it does serve a purpose. So we may wonder at times: all right, there's the sun, there's, there's the earth. Why do we need anything else in the solar system? What's the purpose of the planets? What's the purpose of, of the asteroid belts when we can't even go there? And there's no life there as far as we can tell. But they all serve a purpose that Allah Ta'ala knows about. Trillions and trillions of stars in outer space. What are they doing there? Why have they been created? they serve a purpose and Allah Ta'ala himself knows what the purpose is in some you know we, in our intelligence as human beings we sometimes figure out what the purpose of these these objects are but the vast majority we don't know and probably never will know exactly what purpose they they serve all right tell us tell us about the asteroid belt
1: Okay so most meteors and and asteroids in our solar system are contained or most of the ones that we can observe are contained within an area called the the asteroid belt or the main belt or the main asteroid belt now the asteroid belt is this huge uh, belt of of asteroids that constantly orbits the sun uh, it lies between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter. And in fact, the the dwarf planet that we discussed earlier, Ceres, actually lies in the asteroid belt. It's actually an object in the asteroid belt. And Ceres is the largest object in the asteroid belt. It has a diameter of about 950 kilometers, which is, I think, slightly more than the distance from Durban uh, to Port Elizabeth. So it's, it's a relatively small object, but it is gravitationally rounded and it does orbit the sun. Therefore, it is classified as a dwarf planet. Now, the third body that we, or the third type of rock that you get in space, is comets. Now, comets are made up mostly of ice, or they are, have a rocky core that's coated in ice in a thick layer of ice. So that's the difference between a comet and an asteroid. Now, interesting thing about comets, when they pass close to the sun, some of that gas starts to, or some of that ice that's on there starts to turn into gas and vaporize. And this gas will then form sort of an atmosphere around that, uh, th- the rest of the comet. And if the, the comet is large enough or moving fast enough, it can also form a tail. Sort of like a shooting star, you know shooting stars they look like they have a bit of a tail following them, so a comet will form something similar. Now that atmosphere is called a a a comma in astronomical terms, uh, and the process of it turning that uh, of the process of that ice turning into gas is called outgassing. now, as comets pass close to the sun their uh, that atmosphere that they form can be several times larger than Earth. And sometimes if the comet is large enough, the tail that it forms can be almost the same distance as the distance between the Earth and the Sun.
0: Wow, that so is it's ex- a massive tail.
1: It's so a huge tail. And if a comet of, uh, is large enough or close, anywhere close to that size, you can clearly see it from space, I mean from Earth, without even a telescope
0: like Halley's comet which you know visited the earth when i was a kid and i, I think it's going to visit the earth again in like 40 or 50 years time.
1: So those are that's the difference between asteroids and comets. All right. So asteroids made out of rocks but are very big. Meteor, meteor meteoroids are similar to asteroids but a lot smaller and comets are made out of ice.
0: Okay. So that ice, I'm just wondering, is that ice water or it's ice of some other substance? I mean, you know, we have this thing called dry ice. Right? Dry ice is not water at all. It's carbon dioxide that's been highly compressed so that it, it freezes over. So is the ice on the comets, it's possibly a mixture of water and, uh, and some, some other gases. It could that, be other uh,
1: chemicals that you get out in space.
0: Uh, that's because of the freezing cold of space exactly mind-boggling really really mind-boggling now what i'd like to do is to take a closer look at each of the the planets like jupiter for example jupiter is really amazing as a planet there's so much going on uh, on jupiter i mean even mars there's all this talk about sending people to mars and sending uh, 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 probes to mars i mean we did send a probe to mars and it Took uh, photos and videos and sent back, uh, but it subsequently died. Right, it, uh, there was a, se- a severe storm and that probe was damaged. But it did send back some very valuable pictures. Unfortunately, no Martians. It didn't find little green men. I was hoping that you know across we'd see one little green man running across one of those pictures. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody could really expect it to find little green men on the surface of uh, of Mars. Uh, Anyways, I think that's all we have time for today and we'll have to wrap up today's episode. Uh, But catch us next time as we delve into each of the main planets of the solar system and get to know exactly what's going on on their surfaces and whether it's possible for human beings to survive on the surfaces of those planets. I'm Bilal Katrada.
1: And I'm Talha Katrada.
0: And never stop wondering. This is The Amazing Beauty of Creation.